Welcome to GovCast, connecting with federal IT's top decision makers. I'm your host, Amy Kluber. This episode is brought to you by Accenture Federal Services. If there's any lesson that came out of the pandemic for federal agencies, it's that change comes fast. We can all agree that technology and modernized technology is crucial to the mission and for the ability to get things done. We saw this in the quick pivot to virtual environments, for example. But the pandemic is only one piece of this. There are still long-term issues like climate change, cybersecurity, and national defense. So I sat down with Accenture Federal Services CTO Chris Copeland and Chief Innovation Officer Kyle Michael to discuss the five trends that are going to enable agencies to lead in the post-pandemic world, a world that continually embraces change and accelerated modernization. Welcome, Chris and Kyle, to GovCast. It's so great to have you. Yeah, thanks, Amy. Excited to be with you. Thanks, Amy. Great to be here. So, Chris, give us an introduction uh, about yourself and what you do at Accenture. So, I'm the Chief Technology Officer at Accenture Federal Services. My key focus area, or a key focus area, is really looking across the wide range of technology domain areas and to integrate them with a focus on mission outcomes for our customers. Ultimately, that leads to providing a technology vision, which is some of what we're going to share today. Awesome. Welcome, Chris. Great to have you. And Kyle, how about you? Thanks, Amy. So I'm Accenture Federal Services Chief Innovation Officer. And uh, Chris likes to joke with me about, well, what does an innovation officer really do? And I think it's a fair question because innovation can be a pretty nebulous word. So, So my focus is really on helping our customers to do both new things and do things differently. And a part of that, an enabler for that, is emerging technology. So another slice of my focus is making sure that I'm harnessing kind of our global horsepower around what the latest tech can do to bring to our customers. Fantastic. And we're here today to talk about the Accenture Federal Technology Vision. So give us an idea of what that is and what are we here to talk about about it and what are some of the history behind that effort? Yeah, I think the first part to start with is the uh, technology vision is something that Accenture has been doing for over 20 years. It's to really look at emerging and and future technology trends that are going to provide the most value to our customers in delivering their their mission. Each year, we create one that has a a three-year viewpoint. And for me, what's really fun is to look at how the individual trends actually evolve from year to year to year and how our customers are really adopting and evolving them to deliver on their mission outcomes. And Chris, you know, what's been great over the last number of years that this has been happening is, I think we've gotten better and better at explaining the impact. So you started earlier years ago with a little bit more of a focus on technology, but as we've evolved, it's really about the impact that the technology is having, right? The outcomes that we can generate by oftentimes by combining technology. So I think it's really exciting to look at it through that lens, because there's lots of ways you can see what the next technology is gonna be out there. But technology by itself is not as meaningful or really not that meaningful. It's really about what, how you apply that technology. And so that's really been the focus of our technology trends. Especially now, that's, that's such an important aspect as government agencies need to know, you know, what's next really. And there's all this technology out there and they need to know a way to get there. So taking into account the recent effort, what was unique this year? Yeah, obviously, we've been through a pandemic. And technology has come to focus in so many ways over the past year and a half. So how have you approached that in this effort this year? 
Well, certainly the pandemic's been, as you indicated, been, been the most prominent item in the past year. And so to say it had an impact would be a clear understatement. I think all of us have changed the human experience of how we do many things has evolved both in our personal lives and for work. I think a, a theme that's evolved from there is that every business, every agency has to become a technology business, right? You've got to harness technology to do things differently. It's as basic as in order for us to continue the continuity of work, with almost rare exceptions, many folks had to go back and work remotely or in different ways than they'd ever worked before. And so I think that's, that's a big part of it. The way we work, the way we collaborate, and then our, then our human experience. Uh, a simple example is, think about telemedicine. I don't know about you, but I, you know, I, I've got two kids and I could have taken them for a telemedicine visit. It probably would have been easier when they were smaller, but I think I may have done one in 10 years. But in the last year, somewhere around you know, 50 to 175 times the amount of telemedicine visits went up and it's not surprising. And I expect that's gonna continue because the way we think and the way we work has changed. So when we think about what was unique this year, it was the fact that things that existed, and Chris said this, become amplified, get sped up by the pandemic. And I think it broke through some of that cultural barriers that were there both in our personal lives and how we might do things or not do things. And then in the workplace where there might've been resistance to do things, now there was only one way or, or there was no way to continue the continuity of work or mission. Yeah, and I really want to add on to that. I think one key message we want our readers, listeners to get out of the technology vision is that a lot of the trends really are, they exist as where we think technology is going in the market in general. COVID has been just a massive accelerator for that. Kyle mentioned you know, telework, you know, some agencies, departments went from 0% to 100% literally overnight. I mean, that is a massive shift. And again, it's not about the technology, it's about the people. And how do we enable that workforce to continue to be productive in their mission, given this? And we're going to get into some of these trends that are really going to highlight how that had an impact on their everyday lives and how technology is going to help them to deliver on their mission in a better way in the future. Um, when things like a pandemic hit, you know, we don't want another pandemic, let's be clear on that. But when we're, we want to be able to adapt to rapid change um, that's thrust upon us. And some of these technology trends are going to enable you know, our, our customers, uh, the government to be able to do so. Think about how much time has been saved. I mean, even just conducting this podcast virtually right now between us three, no having to travel, you know, in traffic and sitting in traffic just to get into a studio. I mean, the, really the technology is, ex like you said, accelerated a lot of um, opportunities. Yeah. So I don't miss wait. I don't miss sitting on the beltway for an hour and a half, right? Just to, uh, <laughs> to be able to have a call for an hour. That's great. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely do not miss that <laughs> also. Um, so when it comes to federal government, you mentioned the pivot, the quick pivot, how we had, had to accelerate to virtual environments. And when we're thinking about technology, how is this applied to the federal government from your perspective? One thing I'd, I'd say there, we did some survey work as part of the, as part of the tech vision for federal. And I think it was something like 97% of federal executives said that the pandemic created an unprecedented stress test for their organizations. And I, I think stress test is a good word, right? So for the federal government, you know, there's oftentimes some of the agencies I used to work with would do a telework day where they would test their telework capabilities. That was rarely 100% to Chris's comment about zero to 100%. That was, oh, we got 75% and core personnel would come in and do other things. So, so I think in the federal space, there was that real big shift, that, that immediate stress test. And I think a great example in the DOD, they enabled the you know, teams 
for, for all the armed services as a way to keep communicating. So it was just something that probably would have not been possible had there not been that stressor in the environment. But I think another one to highlight would be really the, the cultural side of this. There's a, there's a battle in every organization about the old and the new and what's the right way to do things. I think the, that cultural barrier was much more easily removed because everyone recognized that this was unprecedented, that we couldn't continue the way that we were doing things. And so I think that that cleared the way for, for some of that cultural barrier that's sometimes hard to, to overcome in, in the normal course of business. And, and then the last thing is, I think there's had to be a little bit of a shift around a technology mindset because fundamentally, you know, it used to be, well, I'll use IT when, when I need to, but there were certain things that just couldn't be done without the power of technology. And so you had to bring that IT and technology, IT and business together to get things done. And so it just had to happen. And so I think that's just a, a great move. And the federal government responded really well. When we saw example after example of how the government enabled the continuity of mission across all agencies. And so it was really a great, well, stress test. It was a successful stress test because mission continued. And I think just keeping on with that theme of acceleration, and the trend anywhere, everywhere, we really talk about the new normal for work, right? And, and there's this notion of that has existed for a while now from BYOD, bring your own device, that we now think of as BYOE, bring your own environment, because it's the entire environment chain. And we all, we've all lived through this in the pandemic. Uh, I mean, how many calls have you been on where, oh, I'm sorry, the video froze or connect or, you know, <laughs> I need to reboot my device. Whatever it may be, I mean, those are new considerations that, that really didn't exist before. And given kind of the relatively low percentage of telework, as Kyle highlighted, that's gone exponentially larger, there's new considerations to think about that for not just how does IT enable work, but how do the workers actually work in that environment and deliver that same you know, outcome that they need to. That's right. And we heard everything you said, Chris, so you, your video didn't let you down this time, but there was that little hiccup and I almost feel like you were doing that on purpose, but we're yeah, good. You know how hard it was to plan that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's fantastic. Uh, so I know this effort, you guys have identified five major trends. So can you just list for us what those five things are? Yeah, I'll run through them quickly. Um, the first okay. one is stack strategically, and that's how do you think about new architectures to prepare the government for what's next? How can they be more agile and more responsive? The second one is mirrored world, or what we affectionately refer to as digital twins report for duty. That's really how can the virtual world mimic the physical world and actually provide insights and in how to be more efficient in that physical day-to-day -day world. iTechnologist is the third trend. It's about empowering innovations through the workforce. Anywhere, everywhere was, what is that new normal for work? Uh, how do we think about that? How do we adjust those new working models? And then last, but certainly not least, is from me to we, and that's how multi-party systems can take the mission further and how an agency can focus on what their core value is in a community providing their core value and deliver a better outcome as a sum than if they did the whole thing individually. Out of those five, is there anything particularly noteworthy or worth highlighting examples around? So maybe I'll, st I'll start with one that, that I really, iTechnologist is one that stands out for me. I mean, they all have applicability in the market, but iTechnologist is one that I find really interesting because as Chris said in the, in the brief summary there, it's, a, it's about empowering innovators in the workforce. So near and dear to my heart, and it's really about democratizing technology tools and empowering your people to be drivers of change. Now, this is not empowering your IT folks. This is empowering your people, all people, right? All employees to be able to do things differently. 
And, and the reality is that there's powerful capabilities that are available to people across across the enterprise, right? There's a shift underway in technology development with tools out there like low code, no code platforms or robotic process automation that are really democratizing technology, putting these capabilities in the hands of folks that maybe years ago, you'd have to have a bunch of detailed technology experience to do it. But now as that, that abstraction layers come on top of it, it's more palpable, tangible to folks um, to be able to do things. But, but there's two important takeaways I think from that. The first is, employees really need to learn what the tools are that are at their disposal and how best to use them. And then two is enterprises and agencies are gonna to have to invest in employees' technology literacy, or as we say in, in Accenture, we, we like to use the term technology quotient. And so that doesn't mean everybody has to be an expert in technology, but it means that you have to know enough about what the potential capabilities are to know what, what you might be able to do and when you need to pull in other experts to do it. So I think that's a really, a really important way that we can move things forward and innovate because you're not no longer relying upon a single group of IT experts. You're taking the people that are closest to the problem, closest to the mission, and you're empowering them with the support from the IT organization. IT and business come together in a way that I don't think they ever have before. I think a key phrase that comes to mind when thinking about this for me is it's do it yourself, but not by yourself. And you could, you could quickly slide into, oh, we're, we're, we're talking about sh advocating for shadow IT, but it's really the opposite of that. It's about furthering that strategic partnership between IT and the mission or the business, kind of redefining those roles and actually creating and fostering a more collaborative focus on delivering that outcome. It's those traditional roles where there's you know, that wall between sometimes of, I'm going to throw over the wall my requirements and you're going to throw back my capability and I'm going to tell you it's wrong and back and forth and back and forth. That Those days are over. It's really about how do they work together and have different roles that are more self-service on the business side and more in tune with the outcomes on the IT side in, in those traditional roles and ultimately just a, a more unified focus on delivering that outcome to further that, that value to the mission. Amy, maybe one example I'll just highlight because I think it, it's pretty powerful. We talked about COVID being such a big driver, the pandemic being such a big driver. I mean, the number of agencies that had to provide some type of reporting capability, either about COVID impacts or about supply chain items and the ability we observed so many folks being able to take tools, whether they be cloud-based or otherwise, and create dashboards or reporting or analytics on what was where. I mean, that was, I think, a really great example of democratized IT. Right? If that had to be centralized for one group to do that across all the, all the agencies, it just never would have happened at the speed that it needed to. So I think that was a great example of how you can take advantage of those tools that are out there to get to the point of need very, very quickly. And it can generate real results too. I, I, there's a story that I love at the National Science Foundation. Uh, they have a thing called nag notes, which essentially is a process to remind people within the foundation about public meetings they need to participate in or attend. And there was a, a non-technical resource uh, that enabled a bot service that saved over 25,000 hours in partnership with the CIO. I mean, that is a, an outcome that probably wouldn't have happened that way in the past and probably would have been a much larger initiative. But given this accessibility of technology, a, a person really in the mission space that had to do this said, I'm going to find a better way and it's going to be more optimized. And they easily accomplished that. And the the CIO organization applauded it. There was, it was, that's, that's a new normal space for how this is going to be. And that will, I think that's only going to continue. 
I'm gonna have to get a copy of that bot to uh, to use with my children to remind them to do chores around the house. <laughs> I'm sure we all could uh, use that bot for something. <laughs> so that's fantastic, Chris and Kyle. This um, vision, I guess, comes at a at a really good time in government right now when we're all battling these uh, new normals at that are, are seemingly going to be prolonged. I, I've heard from many agencies that the efforts that they've put in place pre-pandemic have been like you mentioned, accelerated during the pandemic. And then from here on out, they don't see them going away anytime soon. And it really, it's just going to jump off from, from this point. So where do you see the importance of this vision now as we're looking ahead to the future? And, and what do we do from here? I think probably our top line learning from the pandemic and really what's fundamental to how we're thinking about the tech vision this year is, like you mentioned, a lot of policies, procedures, capabilities were put in place prior to COVID and got accelerated. And there was a lot of things that had to rapidly take form during the pandemic. How do they, how do agencies actually look at what they did, look at those capabilities that got, that were accelerated, and then continue to learn from that, not just the specifics of them, but the mindset of it. So that as change continues to occur in the future, they can embrace that innovative model. Like we like to talk about innovation DNA, right? It's how do you, how do you infuse innovation within the culture of your, your agency or your department? That, that, the learnings that they can harvest from the impact of the pandemic can really feed their models for growth going forward. And they need to think about what was really good, what wasn't so good, and what was good enough that they can enhance. And I think that's the really the big key takeaway uh, for me overall. And Chris, I, I agree with all that. And one, one point that I'd maybe highlight is a word I would use is preposition. I think the pandemic proved that with the rate of change of you know, the next wave of X, whether it be a pandemic or some other uh, change, change comes fast. And so we've got to be prepositioned for it. So Chris mentioned you know, innovation DNA, pulling from one of our earlier uh, tech vision trends, which is good. You know, having that, that mindset is a good one, but there's also technology prepositioning. Do I have the right technology in place to empower my workforce? Do I have the right culture in place to empower my workforce? Do I have the right mindset you know, between IT and business to be successful, et cetera? And so I think that prepositioning concept is one that, that we shouldn't take lightly because you know, I, like I mentioned, I think the, the government and agency folks that I work with did an outstanding job handling really stressful, complex situations. But I certainly know as they harness some of the things talked about in the trends and preposition for the next wave of change, they're going to do even better. I think one of the things too to build on is is looking at the technology capabilities a bit differently, and and I'll specifically kind of hone in on mirrored world in this context. Like mirror world or the the idea of simulation goes all the way back to Apollo thirteen, right, yeah, with NASA. And you know the concept of digital twins as a as a proper terminology in the vernacular is, goes back as far as 2002. What's different now with the advent of cloud and the the accessibility of large data sets and and things like the Internet of Things and up to, up to edge and 5G. I think I've hit all the buzzwords in this now. It's really that they're more it's more accessible to all, and it can really drive that virtual digitization of the physical world. And while it can provide kind of known predictive outcomes, when you fuse things like machine learning and AI into it, you start to assess data and look at scenarios that you never planned for. You didn't quote unquote script. 
And I think that's a different way of looking at that technology to provide an outcome that perhaps you wouldn't have before. That definitely sounds like a, a bit of a secret sauce going on there as a, it becomes kind of an imperative to for agencies to get on board with a lot of these buzzwordy technologies. But really, you know, it's here to stay. It's not going anywhere. So uh, get on. And the, bar the barriers to entry have never been lower, right? They're out there for adoption today. It's not this, there's this high investment to be able to consume large values of cloud compute or get large data sets. It's not, they're, they're there for the taking, if you will. And it's really just about being deliberate and focused on what you want that outcome to be, and then going out there and consuming the technology that's available to you. And empowering your full workforce to consume it, right? Because I think part of it is, that it's never, you said it's never been more accessible, I agree. It's also never been more accessible to all employees in terms of the, the abstraction layers that are there to be able to use it. And I think that combination is, is what makes it even, even more powerful than it's been in the past. Because now it's there, it's readily accessible, the cost points are, are low and easy, many different ways to, to contract for it. And then at the same time, it's so much easier to use, right? That's the democratization of IT discussion we had earlier. Fantastic. Well, Chris and Kyle, any last thoughts before we close? I think what I'd say is we only touched on the bare, you know, the bare minimum and the surface of what's out there. I would you know, I'd strongly encourage uh, our listeners to go out and uh, read the full report. Um, there's a lot of great information in there, a lot of great case studies. And, and fundamental to that is this isn't technology that's living in the second or third horizon. You know, this is technology that's out there emerging today. And there are agencies and departments that are that are consuming this and and making real impact in their mission space and for their their constituents if you will so i'd encourage everyone to go out there and read it and and learn more and uh, reach out to myself or kyle if you uh, want to learn more i'd say one point to consider too is i mean this is anchored on our global technology vision right where we pull from cios and ctos across the world so you know, it's anchored on what we're seeing globally. And then Chris, I, and a team of a number of uh, great folks across our federal practice kind of distill that down for impact for the federal government. And I, I think it's just, uh, as Chris said, we've just able to lightly touch on some of those impacts here today. So look forward to uh, hearing from folks as they have a chance to, to read deeper into the uh, overall tech vision. Chris and Kyle, thank you so much for joining us on GovCast and, and explaining what this vision is and really digging into its importance and, and context. So it was awesome to hear. Thanks, Amy. It was great being here today. Thanks, Amy. Really enjoyed the conversation. To read the full report and learn more on the context for the imperative that agencies harness the power of these tech trends in the long term, head to Accenture.com slash FedTechVision2021. Thanks for listening. GovCast is a production of Government CIO Media and Research. For more podcasts, head to our website. And please, if you liked what you heard, let us know by leaving us a review in iTunes. We continue to strive to help you connect with federal IT's top decision makers. Thanks for listening.